Welcome to another episode of Design Under Influence. I'm your host, Alex Osenenko, and here with me to unpack an interesting subject. Um, every subject is interesting, but today we spend a lot of time preparing for this one, and uh, we're speaking about evaluating your future IT provider um, and how to do it, and we're going to dig deep into the subject. Here to help me unpack this is my friend and partner, it's me. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is Boris Rappaport, CEO of ArcIT. And yeah, we're here to tell you how to um, figure out how good your next IT provider is going to be and how to choose the right one for your firm. So stay tuned. Yeah. And obviously, you and I need to look like listen to a podcast about transitions. Um, <laughs> um, but hey, let, let's get into the subject without too much um, extra information that may not be necessary for our viewers and or listeners. Um, step one, okay, this is, step one is like, how do you know you even need a new IT provider? Boris, in your experience, you've run this um, ARC IT for a number of years now working with lots of clients, what is the first indicator that a company, before they come to you, or when they come to you, what, what sort of, what do you see that gauge is? Like, how do you know you need a new IT provider or you need to start looking for one? Well, I think what happens is the owners or the executives of the architecture firm start seeing that they're dealing with a lot more uh, technology related than IT issues, right? And they're dealing with it themselves. So I think we can talk about the number being around 10%. So if you're seeing yourself as an owner of um, architecture from spending um, that amount of time on dealing with technology issues yourself, helping your employees solve issues and things like that, you should you should start considering a new IT provider. Hmm. So I like the specificity that we're introducing, that you are introducing into this, into out in the world, and that is pretty good. I like that. So. 10% is is fairly easy to gauge, you know, if you're doing your, you know, if you look at your time and what time you're spending as a founder, executive, um, someone in charge of, of growing, managing, and, and making sure your people, your team, your business is successful. If you're in that position and you're spending 10% of your time fighting IT fires or answering questions uh, related to technology, how to find stuff, where, you know, why is this not working? Where's my access? Why can't I sign into this meeting? And all those things put together, the 10% cost is very, um, very expensive. And and what sh should you be doing? Um, like as an entrepreneur, a founder of, of successful businesses that, that we grew um, over the years, I'll say kind of three things to focus on for every founder. We're not going to spend too much time on this, but like you want to be on culture talent, you know, hiring, firing, development. You know, culture talent is number one. Process is systems, number two. And I would say sales and marketing, number three. Or those two or three can be interchanged depending on the stage of your business. Because if you're in active expansion mode, sales and marketing, as an owner, you should be upfront getting on podcasts, you know, networking, talking to clients, you know, getting, signing that big client. That's what you should be doing. However, if you already are, you know, have had that growth spur and you feel like your wheels are falling off the bus, you know, you should be deep into processes and systemization. And these things ebb and flow. So as the founder, it's okay if you dig into processes and systems and then in, in a few quarters, you go back to sales and marketing. But none of those things are related to you answering IT related issues, calls, fires, you know, backup 
backup systems being down, servers dying, and 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 that should not be part of your uh, work. So that's how you look at um, and know that hey, it's time. It's time to invest a little bit of time. Remember, to talk, just talked about processes and systems. Well, it's time to build the process around your IT infrastructure and truly invest in something in technology to be your competitive advantage. And so, Boris, let's unpack some of the specifics in terms of founders spending that extra time on IT issues. Like, for example, what's some of the bad things that I should not be doing with IT? Well, as we just talked about, you shouldn't be really involved in solving day-to-day issues. And the reason why you may be getting involved more and more is because the partner you're working with right now, they may not be responsive, right? So if you're uh, employees, your team members, and yourself included are submitting IT issues to your partner or asking them to fix something, they're not getting back to you uh, in time. And thus, you have to deal with those issues yourself because you need to get your work done. So that's number one. Um, I think number two is along those lines, but um, even though they may respond quick enough, um, they're not really solving your issue or um, they're you know, you see that the issue keeps on repeating again and again. So you have to step in and try to solve it yourself just because, you know, you get frustrated that um, your partner doesn't help you there. And then kind of the last one, I think, is more around, you know, you feel that you've outgrown your IT partner because as your business moves forward, they're kind of staying behind and they're not able to provide you the strategic advice. They're not able to show you how you can Um, use technology as competitive advantage going forward. I think those are uh, the major kind of flags that if you're seeing any of that, you should start looking at new providers. Yeah, and that makes sense. That's a very well well, um, outlined. Um, You know, as a business, we we grow right you know we we sort of we pro- progress and typically you know initially when you start a company you know you have your cousin you have someone you have an IT guy girl whatever um it's not truly um that significant for you to have a, a horsepower in that department because it's you and a laptop and maybe a friend a laptop a co-founder right and and that's what you, know, you guys banging away, you know, creating beautiful things. Now, as you grow and reach, you know, six, seven people, nine people, things begin to really sort of shake up for you. And if that IT partner has not grown with you, which is very typical because that's sort of their, you got to look at it from a perspective of your IT partner as well. Like that's their focus, their business is maybe serving smaller clients. It maybe is different industry. We'll talk about industry in just a minute, but um, so what Boris just said, um, look at those things and be honest with yourself. Like, am I just trying to make something work that is not going to work? Like that, my partner is not, is not been a fit for us for the last two years. <laughs> I'm just trying to jam this thing in. So it all, it all comes down to this very basic metric. Are you spending more than 10% of your time or 10% of your time? You should not be spending any time on fixing IT issues. It should be all strategic, right? So those are the things to look at. Now, um, let's talk about evaluation itself. What's the first thing, Boris? What's the first thing an architecture, engineering, or design firm should start looking at when it finally clicks? Like, okay, we need a better partner. Step one. Well, step one, I think we've, we all will agree with this, is, is this new partner 
focused on our industry, right? Does this partner help architects and engineers, or do they just work with anybody they can get their hands on? Um, you know, lawyers, accountants, and you name it, manufacturing companies, and so on and so on. Um, and there are some specific reasons for why, right? You want a partner who understands your technology and your tools, so that way they can anticipate certain issues that they see in your environment, come to you, talk to you about those, and get those solved uh, once and for all. Also, if you know, if they know your tools, they can solve your issues quickly, as we talked about, like so you don't get frustrated that your issues are not being solved. And also, um, they can provide that strategic guidance uh, for you to go forward because they know your business. They deal with companies just like yours, and they see uh, what's going on at, at your other peers, right? That brings us to a topic even kind of deeper where uh, they can implement certain processes around technology that they see um, your peers are doing to help you uh, move your business forward. And then I think lastly, but also very important, is um, usually uh, they're very involved in your community, and in this case specifically uh, in the AEC community, they know a lot of other service providers that can help your business. So if you're looking for you know, a marketing company that's really good, they can refer you. Uh, if you need the help of an attorney, um, they can find an attorney that also works specifically with architecture firms or an insurance provider um, that can help you get your liability insurance and so on and maybe save you some money there as well. So I think um, first things first, look at a company that works uh, with your industry or focuses specifically on your industry. Yeah, very, very, very well said. And I've in my business life, I've run businesses in the past that were vertically integrated, basically focused on a particular industry, you know, and in, in the marketing, um, my past life when I ran a marketing company was only working with property management companies, only with residential property management companies, only with fee based residential property management companies. And we did a really good job for those folks. We didn't take on real estate agents. We didn't take on commercial property managers, not to mention manufacturing, hubcap <laughs> sales, sales company or, or plumbing services or like whatever, you know, or um, we, you know, and so true, this is true for, for ways to build your own business, you know, stay focused because you're probably not designing everything on earth, right? You have a specific focus and you want your IT partner to have that focus. And I think that like that, what Boris, you explained is very important. I want to sort of maybe bring it all together and say just how we say in Silicon Valley is like it's a tech stack, right? It's all about your tech stack, meaning what tools do you have in place that help you solve business issues and move your business forward? And your tech stack and your IT partner that is industry focused will do a couple of things. Number one, they already know your tech stack. So they're not wasting your time learning all the design tools, how they interact together, your communication strategies, your communication tools, how you work with clients, they know all that. So that tech stack, they understand. And the second aspect is knowing that tech stack is one and, and helping optimize the tech stack is, is number two because they've seen, and Boris already pointed out, but bringing, bringing it together, they have seen, that provider has seen many different uh, iterations and combinations of how the technology is used in other firms like yours. So you get the benefit of that knowledge to bring it all together. Not to mention, as Boris said, you know, a company like ours, for example, we're deeply involved in the community, you know, um, networking and, and we know and have worked with professionals that we can recommend. So those are the pluses. Now, 
I, I would recommend personally, as someone who's evaluated technology providers for many years, uh, for my own businesses, I would say pick top two or three companies that tick those boxes uh, we just mentioned. Okay, that's important. And then I'd say start working on proposals. Boris, any insight on like from a now from an IT uh, company founder CEO? What's some of the things you can talk to us talk us through um, to get a proposal from an IT company? Well, um, when you are in communication uh, with a with a future IT provider or a potential IT provider, and you're in that stage where you're trying to understand how they do things, and asking for a proposal is the first step, and you want to be focused and look for a couple of things, right? Is are they responsive uh, to you uh, when they're coming back with a proposal, or does it take them weeks to get something done? for you or make a change that you're asking about. That's very important. That just kind of shows the company culture and it goes from the top all the way to the bottom, right? So if, if you're if the salespeople um, that are working with you or the founder of the IT company that's working with you on this proposal is not responsive to you, most likely their uh, service people are not gonna be just as unresponsive, right? So that's the first kind of thing to look at. And second is, are they asking questions about your business? Are they looking for uh, specific things that may make you different so they can understand your business fully, right? Because even though we're, you know, we're only focused on one industry, each firm we work with is a little bit different. And we want to know those differences, how they market themselves, how they look at themselves, how, what kind of culture uh, is inside that company. It's very important to us as a service provider to integrate really nicely with you as a partner. So if your IT firm or potential IT firm is asking those questions, that's a very good sign. Got it. I, I would just mention one here is um, the, what, what Boris said, I, I call this like the depth of discovery, right? Do they care? And are they responding quickly enough? Do you find yourself listening a lot of, of to to do basically how good the company is, or is is the company asking you a lot of questions about your business? So those are the things that you get like intuitively during the evaluation process as you as you gathering those proposals. I would say the last piece um, is references, right? The last piece you want to make sure you want to ask for references, and you you want to take the time to actually talk to those folks. Because and you want to ask questions, uh, uh, how long they, you know, how long this IT company has been serving you, and and what is your experience? How, you know, what was, what did you have in the past, and and all those things. But yes, calling references is key. Now, Boris, let's dive in. Let's let's kind of close this out by giving folks um, very specific traits, five traits that ideal IT partners should have. Now, our audience, you know, folks who are listening already have. You know, two, three pr proposals sitting on the desks, on the desk, they're kind of already kind of know who they're going to go with because during the proposal process, if you follow what we've sort of described, follow that process, you, you know, you should have a provider sort of picked out. But here are the five things, five traits you need to have in your ideal provider. Boris, hit us with number one. So um, number one would be is you, you want to understand where their support people are located. And when I say that, that's basically, I mean, it's geographic location, but uh, we're basically want to make sure that it's, um, you know, with US based uh, versus outsourced. For that's sure. Just yeah. Simple, right? Yeah. 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 I, I want it to be a little more, <laughs> a little more, uh, I guess, politically. I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to do. So, we, yeah. You uh, were trying to be nice. The point I is, US based nice. or outsourced, it, 
typically, you know, you know, this is some really great outsourced, you know, services that you can get, but typically this level of talent, the level of talent and experience requires to fix business critical issues. I would be cautious if your IT provider outsourcing their support, their frontline support, it's tough, but it needs to be said. That's that's kind of that's the camp we're in, and we think that's the right thing to do is have a U.S.-based service people, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I'll add to that. It's not just whether they can solve your issues, but usually what happens is um, IT providers outsource the service desk function to another bigger firm overseas. So what happens is your IT provider is one of thousands of other IT providers that they work with. So do, to make sure that that person who's going to pick up the phone actually knows your company and knows mm. who you are uh, is practically impossible. That's the advantage of having a firm that you know has um, their support uh, support people in the U.S. and usually these are full-time employees or contractors of that IT provider. So they provide training and also intimate knowledge of your environment, and at the same time they've probably talked on the phone with you a few times already, right? So if they're providing support to you, they know your people. So that's the advantage there, right? It's not necessarily that offsite support is bad, it's the fact that they just don't have the knowledge that a smaller uh, US-based firm can have. Wow. I think this is this is probably the biggest takeaway out of this particular episode. I, I'm, I'm personally, yeah, I'm personally kind of feeling that way. That's, that's really, really good. I didn't understand the intimacy of of, of the specific IT industry and how it works. So that's really good. So your company is to be focused on your industry and their support people need to be their own. Basically, that's what you're saying. It could be outsourced, it could be insourced, whatever, but they need to be their own employees trained in understanding architecture, design, engineering businesses. Okay, very, very good. Next. So next is you want to understand what the service level agreements are or um, you know, just put it plainly, like how fast is your prospective IT provider going to respond to you, right? And they should have this in writing. And uh, usually for any type of remote urgent issues, it should be within an hour. If the issue requires somebody to show up on site after remote diagnostics, uh, it should be within four hours for urgent issues. Now, non-urgent issues, um, you know, it can vary from, you know, eight hours to 12 hours to 24 hours. Uh, depending on you know depending on the company, but for urgent issues, those should be the SLAs. And similarly, for after-hours support, uh, it should be close to that. Maybe two hours for remote um, you know issue resolution after hours and on weekends, um, and still you know four to six hours for on-site during those times as well. So, ask about you know what are the SLAs and what the company is going to promise you in terms of response time. Gotcha. So that was number two. Hit us number three. Number three is, well, is technology strategy included in the service, right? Are, am I going to pay extra for having, um, you know, discussions with a virtual CIO, uh, or is that part of the service and part of the offering? We, you want to make sure that there is a strategic component as part of the offering, and you also want to ask about specific deliverables of that component, right? One of the things that you know a good or an ideal IT provider should have is once they bring you a board, um, there should be a technology assessment that's done. And from that assessment, a IT roadmap should be created 
Uh, it could be a one-year-old map. Uh, it could be a two-year-old map. It could be a three-year-old map. That depends on the provider. But there should be a roadmap where items are listed in chronological order of how they're going to be implemented. They're reviewed with you for your input. You know, the company works with you to get those things from, you know, strategy implemented into your business. Gotcha. So that's number three. Is strategy included? Number four. Hit us number four. It's kind of, it's part of that strategic offering, but is there a proactive, um, you know, review process of business review and also service review, right? Do you, does your IT provider have a process for regularly uh, meeting with you, whether it's on monthly basis or quarterly basis and reviewing your business and also providing you updates um, and providing you stats and information that you may be interested in to um, help you, you know, help you with the strategy, like giving you ticket counts and, you know, what type of issues in the last three months, what, what were the most impactful issues or who had, you know, what type of issues created the most tickets. So then you can both look at it and say, look, yeah, it seems like because of this, we've had a lot of these tickets. Maybe we need to, you know, an upgraded piece of software or use different hardware to make sure that going forward, those issues become minimal. Yeah. So, so that's very good. So, so number three is like, Hey, is there a strategic roadmap? And number four is, is there a plan to actually oversee the strategic roadmap being executed as well as deal with tactical issues as a partner? And I'll take number five and number five to me is, is, is important is like, do they, the IT provider I'm looking at service clients like me, which means could mean many things, right? It could be number of, of people I have. It could be the ambition of my company, you know, I'm looking to grow or no, I'm at the stage where I just need to stabilize the business. In either case, you want to have, or you want to know if your IT partner services clients like me. And this is where we can go back to references. And this is where you need to ask this question. Um, hey, do you have clients similar to me? And then, um, hey, can I give them a call? And those are the things, I think that's the fifth. And I think that's a that's a very important trade. If that IT provider ticks all the five boxes, let me just re sort of to finish this out. Let me just kind of put, put them all together. Where's the support workforce located? And is it actual, you know, actual companies, employees, or are they outsourcing support desk? Number two, service level agreements, right? Um, you know, response times, after hours response times, those things need to be, as Boris mentioned, need to be detailed out. Um, number three, strategy included. Number four is ongoing um, measurement or management of the strategy included, right? Whatever. Um, and number and last thing is, do they work with clients like me, um, meaning my industry, my size, more or less my ambition, those kinds of things. So those are the five things. Hopefully this was an informative session for you. And Look, if you would be honored to be one of the top two, three companies you're looking at for your architecture design engineering firm, if that's if that's what you want uh, to do, give us a call or just go to getarchit.com and click um, either work with us or free consultation. We're testing different things. Uh, Boris, any parting words of wisdom? As always, remember, technology is your competitive advantage. Perfect. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for watching.